Hey guys, it's Sylvie from Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. You're listening to my guys, Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines. Rhino 2020, good riddance, gone 2021. How are you feeling about this new year and the Cubs? Well, I'm not feeling good about it, Chad, because I feel like that we are officially in a rebuild. And I have so many things to ask you about, but we're going to save that for when we come back for our new episode in 2021 and kick off all the stuff that we have to go over with this franchise. Absolutely. And there's there's a lot to talk about, as you said. You know, our goal here at the end of the year and the start of the new year was to do our top 12 countdown. And we're joined um, for in our seventh inning for the second straight time by ESPN 1000's uh, Mark Silverman, great friend of the show, three-timer club, the only member of the three-timer club. Um, But yeah, obviously the Hugh Darvish story is a a blockbuster that didn't make our our initial list. It's going to pretty much carry the show next week, and we're going to talk about it in great detail but uh so much uh, there there were some highlights even though this was a very challenging 2020 yes and hopefully we can at least get through like we did in 2020 now we're gonna have to get through 2021 chad because things are gonna be much different but let's focus on the positives yes. and that's yes. where we continue our countdown of the top stories of 2020 as we continue our list and as you mentioned Mark Silverman back for round two with us. You had a great interview with him getting into all things, including his health scare and battling cancer as he has so courageously for the last couple of years. And you're going to get into all that with him as well. Absolutely. So stick around. The Friendly Confine starts right now. Hi, everybody. I'm Ryan Lieber. He's Chad Gordon. And of course, welcome to part two of our top 12 stories of 2020 for the Chicago Cubs here on the Friendly Confines. Of course, we are going to be going six to one. Last week, we did 12 to seven. So, Chad, the countdown continues. And let's start in the first inning. Number six, the number six story of 2020, Alec Mills throws what's the most unlikely of no hitters against the Milwaukee Brewers. If you were to have pegged me, who's the Cub that you would most likely think would throw a no hitter. Alec Mills would not be my top choice at all, but yet here we are as Alec Mills throws a complete game, no hitter to really set the tone for the Cubs pitching staff this past season. What an unlikely moment it was for the Cubs, wasn't it? It really was. And if you think about where it hit during the season, at least for me, it proceeded. It was right after when the Cubs got to the Brewers bullpen. You know, they 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 shocked uh, Hader and and allowed uh, the, the, the Cubs to come back when when Hader wasn't really giving up a lot of runs to that point in the season. I thought it was going to be a turning point. And it was like an exclamation with Alec Mills did this. It was like one of those destiny things, but it wasn't meant to be with how the season ended. But you can't take away what happened for Alec Mills. It clearly um, could be the highlight of his career. These things don't come around too often. As you mentioned it, uh, um, it was 114 pitches, just three walks, only five strikeouts. It was one of those games where the Brewers were just absolutely baffled it was the 16th no hitter in in club history the last two 
where Jake Arrieta, when he was arguably at the time, the greatest pitcher in the history of the world during the period when he threw those two, Alec Mills was the greatest pitcher on that Sunday night at the time. It was a shocker. It was a great game. I remember watching it poolside at a neighbor's house in COVID, um, COVID safe conditions and just thinking, wait a second, this is actually happening. Um, what a celebration, what a moment. And one of the, one of the, one of the few highlights um, for this 2020. That was definitely the highlight for me, as we've talked about in the past, that this game was, you know, the most memorable game of the season for the Cubs. The Cubs offense was just lights out that day. They absolutely crushed the ball. Mills was certainly pitching amazing. And it, it was one of those moments, if you remember, Chad, that you weren't really paying attention so much to the no hitter because the Cubs were just scoring runs at will. And yet around the seventh, eighth inning, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, Alec Mills is throwing a no hitter. And, and then you're sitting there going, wow, no, that's the story. Uh, you know, we were all excited about the Cubs just like lighting up the scoreboard. And yet here was Alec Mills just kind of going about his business. And then, wow, he's about to throw a no hitter. And sure enough, that's what he did. So for me, um, this was the best game of 2020 was the Alec Mills game. And, you know, he will certainly be uh, a, a trivia question when it's all said and done who threw the no-hitter for the Chicago Cubs in 2020, um, then we will know who that answer will be, of course, with Alec Mills, depending on whatever his career turns out to be. And one of the funnest things is, is uh, the only reason he was starting for this Cubs team was this Jose Quintana didn't know how to wash dishes properly <laughs> and cut up his hand and allowed him to make his way into the, uh, into the, the, the rotation. Real quickly, I love this quote, and this is one of my favorite things from Alec Mills. He said, never give up. You know, some people are going to tell you just can't do it. You're not good enough. That's just one person. So keep working. Just persevere. And he said he really hoped his no-hitter would be inspirational, and I think it will be because it was unexpected from a college walk-on to a Major League Baseball no-hitter. Alec Mills, what a highlight. All right, let's move on to the second inning and we're going to talk about another Cubs pitcher but now former Cubs pitcher but a Cubs legend our number five story of 2020 Ryan the departure because the Cubs did not uh did not pick up his option instead they did the buyout John Lester no longer a Cub how hard did that hit you well we kind of knew it was coming right so it's not like we sat here and we're kind of yeah. shocked or blindsided by it we kind of figured this was going to eventually happen but the legacy that John Lester left is, is second to none. He, as we've always said, the most important and best free agent signing this team has ever made. And when they made that signing back in you know 2015, when he came on board, we all kind of said this was going to be the move that was going to launch the Cubs into a different category of how good this team could be. You know, they had brought Theo on. Of course, Theo and Lester having that relationship when he was playing in Boston. And Lester signed on. He took to this city. He won a World Series with this city. And quite frankly, if you look at his stats, he had his best years in this city. You know, I know you can talk about his years with the Red Sox as well. But John Lester, if you take his stats, his best seasons were as a Chicago Cub. So if the day ever comes where the Hall calls, I would like to think that he'll be wearing Cubby Blue into the Hall of Fame. But his legacy will will be living on forever 
And he was such an important cog, if not the most important cog for this franchise, for them to notch that World Series in 2016. What about you? Yeah, you know, over his career with the Cubs, 170 starts over six seasons, uh, 999 innings. He was the NLCS MVP in 2016, and then he had those three appearances in the World Series, putting up 14 and two-thirds innings. He might have had a few more innings without Madden as his manager at the quick hook. But, you know, John was, as you said, he heralded in the the notice in 2015 that the Cubs are ready to make a move now. They invested now. They brought in the guy that was going to make sure that that dugout and that clubhouse was serious and they knew what winning was all about with his two World Series titles under his belt. I don't know if it's going to be a Red Sox cap or a, or a Cubs cap if the Hall comes calling. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, – you know what he's done for the city of Chicago, what he's done for the North side, how he left with that open bar tab on that last weekend class guy, a guy that you really couldn't look at at any point and ever find fault in him. He was the leader of that rotation and may not have been the ace for the last few seasons. Um, and it didn't make sense financially for the Cubs to pay 25 instead of buying him out for 10 million. Um, who knows if he'll make a return as a, a, a fourth or fifth starter for this Cubs team. His legacy is absolutely intact. And you're right, not a surprise that he's gone, um, but what a legacy he left behind. All right, so let us move on now to the third inning, Chad. And the number four story of 2020 is the dominance of you, Darvish, the guy who we all wanted and expected him to be that ace of the staff. Well, it finally happened. He finishes second in the Cy Young Award voting. He absolutely lit it up this year. Um, you know, it was it was just a matter of time because when this contract was first signed and Darvish got hurt and then the following season, he got off to such a rocky start. But then all of a sudden we started seeing flashes, Chad, in the second half of the 2019 season. We said, okay. This is what we signed up for. And he took it to another level in 2020. It was so great to see because, as you said, there weren't a ton of bright spots offensively for this team. So to see the pitching staff, and namely you, Darvish, basically dominate for the entire season as arguably the best pitcher in baseball was such a great thing to see this year. And I hope, as we have talked about, he can continue this going into 2021 as well. What about you? Yeah, leading the the league in, in wins, finishing second place to Trevor Bauer and the Cy Young, earning a spot on the all-Major League Baseball first team, one of just five Major League Baseball pitchers, not just National League, American League, and National League. He was dominant. What I loved about what you shared, his his resurgence or really his, his uh, emergence after the All-Star break in 2019 was he decided to ignore what the Cubs uh, staff was asking him to do, which was work fast. And he went back to the methodical approach. You know, he's this guy with, you know, the 25 pitches. No, he's got like nine different pitches, which is just insane. But he is so smart. He knows how to work the the count. He knows how to work the pitches. Um, you know, he when he's up on that mound, he is thinking through so many pitches ahead. And And you're right. It's the bright spot. If this Cubs team is going to try to make a run with the core they have right now, at least for this final year for somebody's contracts years, having you Darvish as your ace, what a tremendous uh opportunity uh, for them to have one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he showed it in this 2020 season. 
And I will say this as we, you know, quickly move on, but I will say this, that there have been, you know, reports of chatter. Jesse Rogers, also a friend of the show from ESPN Radio, did mention that there was a better chance of you, Darvish, getting traded than Chris Bryant so far. And of course, if the Cubs were to trade you, Darvish, that would signal a couple of things. One, they would officially be rebuilding this team, which I don't think anybody feels like they should be at this point. And the other part of it is, is they would have to get a massive haul. And I think there's only a few places or teams that would be able to give and deliver the prospects that Jed Hoyer and this organization would need to make sure they felt like they were being compensated if they were going to give up you, Darvish. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but if it did, certainly it would have to be a major major amount of players that really were highly rated in a farm system if they were going to get back something in return for Darvish. Moving on to the fourth inning and the number three story of 2020 is, hey, these these don't come around too often, at least for the Cubs. The Cubs did actually have some success in this COVID-shortened year. Cubs won the Central Division title. about that? in this dark year that was actually a very big bright spot that this team was able to hold on and keep in mind four of the teams in the central made it to the playoffs but the cubs won the whole thing they did win the division it was nice to see in the first season for david ross and that was uh obviously something that certainly was uh you know solid high point of the team season they started the year 13 and 3 you know you never want to use an asterisk for anything, but obviously this 2020 season is, you know, certainly, I don't want to say marred, but people like, of course, are going to just look a little differently on it because of the fact that there were a hundred games that were not played this year. And so you wonder if that had happened, you would, the Cubs have been able to hold on and, or been able to move on, but under the circumstances, they did win the division. And listen, That was they played under the conditions of which Major League Baseball put them under as like every other Major League Baseball team. So it was a nice start. It was a good way to start the first year for David Ross's era. And hopefully they can build on this going into 2021. What about you you? know what? A title is a title. It's going to it's going to fly over Wrigley Wrigley Field. And, you know, I've got Dodger fans that they certainly aren't putting an asterisk by that World Series title that title that that, that that they earned is 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 just as sweet um and and well deserved they they persevered and they battled and the cubs proved that they were the class of the nl central even though it was an up and down year um they uh they won it running away you know they they won by uh, by three games and as i mentioned early on it was so interesting that the cubs reds cardinals brewers all made it um, even though the Brewers didn't even have a winning record, so that's kind of goofy. Um, it will be interesting to see, depending on how the season looks here in 2021, how the Cubs will come out. But this is a team with the players they have in, in, uh, in, in place, the pitching staff they have in place, that you would expect to compete. And as we've said before, and what the Ricketts have said before, they want a competitive team year in and year out. And winning a title, even over 60 games, shows that they – had the chops to do what they needed to do. Unfortunately, as we mentioned earlier, they didn't quite have what is needed, and they haven't had quite what was needed since the uh, 2017 NLCS to really make it very far. So can they make the move, and can they show some end-of-season life uh, and postseason life going forward? All right, so let us move on now, Chad, to the fifth inning and the number two story 
of 2020, the departure of Theo Epstein. Now, we talked about Len Casper leaving and that being the biggest shocker. I think a lot of people were pretty shocked by this as well. There were some that felt like, well, maybe we saw this coming and there was chatter that that could have been the case all along. But I also think, and I'm sure you're included in this because we've discussed it, that you were pretty surprised that Theo decided to leave a year early and take this Cubs team and decide it was time to move on. What's your takeaway from Theo leaving after his tenure with the Cubs? I was pretty harsh. And, and, and it's so funny that I, you know, I mean, if you listen to Chicago sports radio, clearly my shtick isn't going to work there because I actually am mostly optimistic and pretty positive and I'm seeing the bright side of a lot of things. But, you know, my hope is if Theo is a longtime listener of the Friendly Confines, he didn't take it personally, but I did feel like he, he quit. You know, he didn't see this thing through. I thought that this is such a pivotal year this coming year and everything that, that is coming to fruition and coming to a head with the contracts that are going, with the need for retooling, for, you know, for the look to the future. Um, I really wanted to see him finish out his 10th his and, and final year. Um, and we're looking now to see what Jed Hoyer and, and the mark he's going to put on this team. But I was surprised that he left. I was disappointed that he left, but I get it. Um, and here's the guy that, that literally does not have to take another job. I mean, he's our age, mid-40s, doesn't have to take another job in Major League Baseball. And he's a whatever, whatever executives have. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer executive. He's going to have a wing dedicated to him for what he was able to do in Boston and what he was able to do in Chicago. His legacy, uh, despite leaving a year early, is, is untouched, untarnished. He is a legend of Chicago sports arguably one of the greatest, um, you know, not arguably, but, you know, one of the greatest uh, executives, the, the, the greatest executive I think the Cubs have ever had and and definitely one of the top executives in Chicago sports history. What do you think? I mean, there will, there will never be, well, it's hard to say never, but I, I don't think we're going to see an era quite like what we did with this Cubs organization that we saw when Theo Epstein was at the helm. To be able to break a 108-year-old curse and do something that no GM that in our lifetime has been able to do, whether that was Dallas Green or Jim Fry or Larry Himes or uh, Jim Hendry, you know, the list goes on, Ed Lynch, uh, you know, Andy McPhail, none of them were able to do what Theo Epstein did. And, you know, you're talking about guys who were winners in baseball and built championship teams and won. And none of them were able to do the things that Theo Epstein was able to do. I understand why he left Chad, because, again, he knew that he was in his lame duck season and that there really wasn't anything he was going to be able to do, as opposed to if he left after this year and then kind of handed over the reins. He wanted Jed to take over a team that he knew ultimately was going to be his in the long run. So I applaud him for moving aside, even though I think it might have hurt some fans. But again, we have that continuity with Jed. And again, hopefully Jed can continue to build on what Theo has done. And the Cubs can, you know, obviously move forward and win more games and more division championships. Well, let's move on to the sixth inning. And our number one story, is it any surprise, Rhino? Our no- Do we need a drum yeah, roll? I guess we could. But I mean, who, who, what could it be? Think, think it through. The number one story of 2020, obviously, the, the emergence early in the year of some sort of interesting virus that nobody was quite sure what, what it was 
in January and some rumblings about some shutdowns in Europe. And then midway through spring training, the absolute halting of Major League Baseball. And shortly thereafter, the halting of life as we know it. The number one story of 2020, COVID hits and just changes everything. What, when you think back on this season, as it applies to baseball, you know, what the highs, the lows, what do you think about COVID and, uh, and its effect on this lost year? Well, it certainly changed not just the baseball world, but everyone's lives, Chad. And it, it definitely created havoc, not just in the sports world, but in people's personal lives. People lost their life. Loved ones were, were, were taken away by this horrible virus. And, you know, to see us live through it, it's going to be something that we'll never forget. This year will always be remembered um, for being the, you know, terrible year that it was, not just from sports, but just in general. Um, and I think sports, the one thing that baseball did this year in all sports, but, you know, it was great to have baseball, was because when the virus was hitting it at its peak, and now we're at a point where the vaccine is now out and people are starting to get the vaccine slowly. But at its peak, when we were sitting at home and we had nothing really to get excited about, baseball started up again. And we were able to watch games. And while there weren't fans in the stands, you know, all the networks, all the teams, they, they really rallied and tried to find ways to create an atmosphere so you would have that enjoyment of watching a game at home. And while baseball had some teams that tested positive, the St. Louis Cardinals being among them and the Miami Marlins, who struggled trying to, you know, get players testing negative, the Cubs were the one team that never had a positive test. They really took this seriously. They did an amazing job of creating a bubble for themselves and an atmosphere to keep themselves safe and for them to be able to play all the games that they were supposed to play in. So um, while it's a season that we wish didn't happen and we wish we were able to get that full 162 game season, um, certainly at least brought a little bit of a bright spot to what was otherwise a really, really difficult year. Yeah. You nailed so many things, you know, uh, so much loss, um, so much upheaval, you know, the, the economies, um, people's livelihoods, people's careers. I mean, it's been devastating. Um, you know, my, my couple memories that I, that I think about, you know, I was, as you know, I was in Mesa season ticket holder, uh, along at, at Mesa, as long as, as long as along with my time at, at Wrigley. Um, and I was at the Wednesday night game, the rare Wednesday night spring training game. And it was against the Padres and got to see that, got to enjoy that. You know, there was rumblings that, you know, it, it could affect some things. We're not really sure. We never faced anything like this. So we were all very ignorant to what the possibilities could be. And then I remember waking up the next morning and I was staying right there at the, at the, the, the Marriott property right there, right by the stadium and, and looking, looking and seeing like there was like news vans and, and, uh, and, um, and crowds, but they weren't letting anybody in. And that Dodger game was canceled. Baseball was canceled and we weren't sure um, what was going to come. And what did come was a lot of heartbreak, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of isolation, a lot of uh, time stuck indoors, you know, t- a lot of time where, where, Health officials are trying to figure out how we're going to tackle this, how we're going to beat this. And then, as you said, you know, the bright spot of my COVID 2020, it truly is, is when baseball resumed. And I knew for those 60 plus days, those games when the the Cubs were playing, I had, you know, Pat 
in my ear. And, and there's nothing to me that defines my summer than Pat Hughes um, in my ear talking about, you know, saying, uh, welcome to, you know, here's Cubs baseball and you're, you know, right in your living room. And so um, that was a bright spot that definitely carried me through when it felt very hopeless. It's concerning now as we record this, as we go into 2021, that we don't know when baseball is going to start back up. We don't know what's going to happen with spring training or the 2021 season, how it's going to start up. It's different with football. There's been a lot of upheaval in football, but we also had Wednesday afternoon games and, you know, Tuesday morning games. You know, they were able to change the schedule around with 162 games. It's going to be very challenging. Isolation is going to be very challenging when you play something for two thirds of the year. I'm hopeful that normalcy will arrive. I do not think normalcy is going to arrive in 2021, hoping that I'll be at my seats often in 2022. But who knows? It's the unknowns that's going to be interesting. But again, I can't wait in 2021 for the first time I hear Pat Hughes' voice in my ear. It just means that there's a little bit more normalcy um, in this time where we all have to you know, sacrifice a little bit more and focus on what will be. The boys will be right back with part two of their interview with Mark Silverman from ESPN's Waddle and Sylvie show. But first, a special offer from their sponsor. Chad, you know, 2021 is finally here. And I'll tell you what, after the year we had, we should definitely find some time to raise a glass and have a drink so we can say goodbye to 2020. That's right. And why not bring in the new year with a glass of Federalist wine? It's the perfect drink to ring in the new year and bring an end to what's been, I'd say, a a bit of a difficult last nine months. Yeah, you've absolutely said it. You can also pair the Federalist wine with that New Year's dinner you'll make or maybe order out from. And you won't have to spend all that money as you usually do on New Year's Eve, too, because no one's really going out. The Federalist wine is an American wine crafted for the only tasting note that matters and that's damn good taste it's a bold choice with baseball or any sport you can pair it with any food you desire and if you go to uncorked.com we have a special offer for you that's uncorked.com code cubs 20 and you get 20 percent off your entire purchase that's the federalist wine this is an american craft wine so go to uncorked.com use the promo code cubs 20 and get 20% off your purchase. I drink it. Chad drinks it. You should, too. Must be 21 years or older to consume alcohol. Please drink responsibly. We're here with Mark Silverman, co-host of the Waddle and Sylvie show on ESPN 1000. And Mark... 2020 has been um, a remarkable year. It's been an interesting year um, with everything going on in the world. With COVID, it's been a very challenging year for you. You announced in April your diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. You've been battling that, going through all the treatments all year, and uh, you shared in October you're in remission. Um, such a challenging year for you. How how has this changed you and, and your perspective? I imagine when you, you face something like this, this has got to be something that is kind of make you make a different inventory in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are still things, Chad, that, you know, I'm still the red ass that you knew in, uh, <laughs> at Southern. And there are things that, like, that you just can't change. And, like, you still get pissed at a Bears game or you still get pissed that the Cubs couldn't score just because, like, the one thing that I, I think I told one of the writers who wrote a story about it is 
I'll, I'll even even though I may have regained a, a different perspective on life. And I always feel that I've had good per perspective on life and what the important things are, that it, you always can be better. But I'm I when I watch sports, there's sports perspective. Just because I'm pissed about, you know, Gar Foreman and John Paxson running the Bulls or the Cubs not scoring or the Bears looking like they're clueless doesn't mean that I lack perspective. It just means that I care about sports. So the one thing I've said is, it's okay to gain a new perspective, but still give a shit about sports. So that's the way I've looked at it. But no, as far as life is concerned, um, and I'm trying, like the one thing that I, I was really proud of what I was able to do is, is use the cliche of one day at a time. I've never been a one day at a time guy. I, whenever an athlete would say, hey, we're one game at a time, one day at a time, you never want the old cliche quote, but the one thing that people told me is, hey, just one step in front of the other, you know, just day by day. And by me doing it that way through the journey of cancer and saying, hey, I wake up today. How do I feel today? Size it up. What do I got on the, the schedule for today? Do I have to go to chemo? Do I have another doctor's appointment? Do I have a procedure today? Do I have another scan? You just handle that today and then be thankful for it and then tomorrow worry about tomorrow and that I, I i feel like i did really really well and i need to implement that more into my regular life outside of the cancer journey yeah you've been such a a, a, a voice um for people and and i know they've connected with you some a lot of people a lot of your listeners have uh, they're personally going through things like that or their uh, friends and family are going through that so just such an, an awe of the journey and how you've done it so publicly. And you mentioned, Mark, uh, um, yeah, we've known each other coming up on like a, like a quarter of a century, you know, since our days at SL, SIU. And, and what I appreciated um, our time in Carbondale, like you were so flipping clear about what your plans were. You were so clear about what you wanted to accomplish. I mean, you, you wanted to be the guy in Chicago and you're the guy in Chicago, as I've said before, Waddle and Sylvie just, just, it's it's such a valuable uh, uh, program. Um, it uh, year in and year out uh, brings in the listeners, and, and you guys have such a, a great rapport, and you've 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 really got lightning in a bottle there. Um, I remember, and I just kind of a long build up to to say I remember, you know, like the WIBD days, and and in uh, our time um, where you're either broadcasting the games or you know doing a sports program. When was it in your time? When did you know? Was it just the, the people you grew up with? Was it the people that were on the radio growing up? When did you know this is what you wanted to be? Yeah, young, really young, like 10-ish, maybe 10. Like I just, you know, we all grew up playing baseball and there was nothing like Little League. And Little League back when we were growing up was different than Little League now. Like now they travel like they're pros, <laughs> you know, but. But when we played, Little League was everything, and baseball was everything, and going to the park and playing Lob League was everything, wiffle ball, any type of variation of baseball. The video games were still in its infancy, and you had to go outside, play with your friends. You'd call one friend. He'd call Buddy, hey, let's meet at Emerson Park at 2, and we're playing baseball today, and you'd get as many people as you can. And you know, I was always really, really good, but I knew there was no way that I was going to go to college to play baseball or that I could ever be a professional baseball player. Like maybe when I was six, I thought I could, 
But the older I got, and I'm, I just always loved going to the games. Like there would be nothing like going to Wrigley. There'd be nothing like going to the Chicago Stadium and hearing the roar uh, during a Bulls game when the Bulls were on the rise. And I just, I would always impersonate the PA announcer or the transistor radio of the great calls. I would always introduce the starting lineup when we would play baseball. So I just knew that that's what I was going to go to college for is I wanted to, to be this. And we got an opportunity and I don't think people give enough credit to SIU Southern Illinois university. You know, they mention all the quote greater known schools and the, the opportunities that we were given at Southern at this radio station that you mentioned WIDP to go to St. Louis and do the Missouri Valley conference tournament to do a sports talk show where you could book, real guests and have at the time Jim Hart the AD on and we got to we got to you know swim in the deep end of the pool so I think what you and I got to experience and a lot of the people who we went to school with have had great careers in it it's a lot of it is a credit to our alma mater Southern Illinois. Yeah, the good old days in Carbondale, WIDB. I, I think about like lugging up all the gear to McAndrew Stadium, the the converted <laughs> mobile homes. That oh my were God. The, Do the, you know what my memory is? Tell me. There's I I always joke with Mike Reese, who's still the play-by-play voice Legend. of the Salukis. And um, I always remember that Fred Huff was a tough guy, really right. tough yep. SID sports information, but he made you earn it. And I think that taught us all a lesson that you knew you had to learn it you weren't going to be handed anything but the baseball press box to do baseball games at southern was really really small so they would not let the student radio station us into the press box so there would be 40 degree days <laughs> where they would be playing a double header and we would be sitting in the bleachers outside having to sit there for five or six hours broadcasting the the games freezing our ass off i'll never forget <laughs> those days you actually lead me into my next question and i I'm, we're gonna either break news here or not but be honest would you drop everything if you could take over for lynn casper i don't think so mm. i mean you know it, I, I believe me like when len left and i was and Len's now part of our radio station, which we can't, we can't wait. We have the socks now oh, yeah. and to have Len on our, on our radio station is just an incredible coup. Um, and you know, it always flashes in front of you, but then you got to track. I mean, think about all that traveling and I've got a six and a four year old, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I, I love being the fan. I mean, look, it is, it is one of those great dream jobs, but I've got it. I've got it really good right now. I always feel like I've got my dream job for four hours a day. I get to have fun with a guy I admire and just spew my stupid opinions and take <laughs> phone calls from people who love sports. I mean, it, it's, it's one of the best things to do. And, and it's not Cubs 24 seven. And we talk bears and bulls and socks and Hawks and everything like that. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a different lifestyle. I think people that come you would up, drop everything, right? Oh, I you know I I'm still kicking myself. Do you remember when they opened up the the public address announcer job? Uh, probably like a sure. decade ago. I, I'm kicking myself for not putting an effort into that because I would I would drop everything for that job, much less Lynn. But yeah, I mean that's yeah. You have the same you you have the same voice as the current um, as the current uh, PA announcer. I think you guys sound similar too. 
Well, I, I hope he has a long and luxurious career, but if, if you hear any openings over there, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> it will do, yeah. All right, so a couple more questions. So uh, such a huge surprise for a lot of people. I mean, I, it makes sense to me. Radio jobs, like Pat Hughes is not going anywhere. So that was a, a big surprise for a lot of people, Lynn, moving on. As a Cubs fan, who would you like to see? you have any, any front runners in, 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 yes. in the book? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do, for sure, 100%. And um, – the 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 probably the two that I would call one and one A and in any order is I would call Dan Shulman, who does the Blue Jays game and used yep. to do ESPN Sunday night baseball and everything, um, and see if he's happy and if he would want to do it. And I'd call Boog Shiambi also, another good yeah. young voice who does many different things. He's worked for ESPN now does all the primetime radio games as well. Does a lot of TV with Sut. I would get Sut more involved in the marquee network. If you want to do more three-man stuff like they did this year, I would want more Sut. No offense to Demp. I like Demp. I'd love to see Demp in the studio more. Yeah. Um, nothing against Sean Marshall and um, uh, was it Sweeney, Ryan Sweeney yeah. they had in there. But I would get – I would have Demp more in – the studio and I would try and get sought in the booth, but the two guys. Yeah. Those are my two guys, Shulman and Book Shiambi. What about you? I, no, I think you nailed it. I think that, that those, the, the voices there, and I, I'm not saying that you need to blow everything up, but you have this, this unique opportunity with, with COVID and the fact that we just had such a disjointed season. I don't think we ever really saw Marquis, you know, hit its stride and there's a lot of different faces and, and nobody really knew what to, what to uh, expect, but I, I love the names. Um, I, I really would love to see a, a point where, where Sut could, could be in that role, but I just really, I mean, he, he lives a couple miles from me out here in, in Southern California. Right. I, I think he, you know, he enjoys, you know, that lifestyle that you talked about that it takes to do. I don't know if he would be up for that. I think he likes being the national guy here and there, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Okay, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. What, about, what do you think about Brian Anderson, who does a lot of national stuff? He does NBA stuff and baseball stuff for Turner and I think he's currently the voice of the Brewers right now on on Fox Sports I would try and pull him away also if my first two guys don't want the job Uh, you know Chris Myers was on the show this summer tremendous guy was just completely you know just so gracious and such a great guest it was really surprising to me that everybody thought that that was the shoe in I really think it's it's either going to be an unknown to most people outside of the the industry but I think it's going to be a youth movement I think they're they're looking for somebody that's can come in and and really put the stamp on the marquee so I think it's going to be going to be very interesting let me let me get you out here on uh, on one final question unless you want to stay longer we could we could do this for another hour um you've, <laughs> you've got a crystal ball uh, 2020 sucked let's just be honest it's been a it's been a challenging yes. year for every single person that's listening what are your hopes and this is a bigger ask than than probably we can cover in in a quick answer but what are your hopes for chicago sports what's your hope for the cubs in 2021 what do you hope this next year brings for all of us I, well, I hope it is a retool and not a rebuild. I mean, but like, I love the sustained success. And I think when you measure what the Cubs did to like what we're going through with the bears, I think when you put it through that lens, so many people get pissed on what that the Cubs don't quote only won one. And believe me, we'd all want to win more than one. Uh, Theo will tell you that, but you know, think about what, what they delivered and how, the bears don't have repeat playoff performances. Like think if I told you that the bears, you know, for five years went to the NFC championship game and lost 
went to the Super Bowl and won. The following year after the Super Bowl, went to the NFC Championship game and lost. And then the following year, made it to the first round of the playoffs and lost. Followed by a couple of down years to winning their division the next year, but then lost in the first round of the playoffs. It's, it's still not ideal, but to get a ring and to go every year to the postseason and to go far in three of those years uh, is pretty amazing. And I think we're going to sit in front of our TV chat in, in 2021 in the fall and miss that the Cubs don't have a playoff game. Um, I think the division is still winnable. That's why my ask and my wish would be, hey, invest, still invest. Now's the time to invest. Well, Waddle always says the stock market tips when there's blood in the streets, invest. You know, don't sell now. Now's the time to buy. But they they say the losses are too catastrophic. So that would be it's kind of like my magic wand answer. But but it's it's I, I look at what I've witnessed from 15 to 20 and I say, I don't know if I ever thought I would get a five, six year period like that in my Cub fan life. And I did get it. Yeah, you're right on target with me. That's the optimistic uh, viewpoint I have as well. This is a great run and, and I feel like we're just getting started, but uh, time will tell. Mark Silverman, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us here on the Friendly Confines. It's always just a, just an absolute thrill to be able to bring you on and, and let our listeners hear your thoughts. Keep up the optimism, Chad, and keep up the great work, okay? Thanks, buddy. Thank you a bunch. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Dempster, and you're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. And once again, so much to be thankful for in 2020, especially when you have your health. And of course, Chad, talking to Mark about his cancer scare and overcoming those health scares that he did have and the support that he had from the community. Really great stuff. So thanks again to Mark. And we're so happy he's on the road to recovery and doing so great. And we so appreciate that, that he was able to join us once again, his third time here on the confines, of course, the, uh, the record holder for most appearances here on the show. And of course he knew that he knew that that's what I loved. He knew that he was a record holder. That's how dedicated he is as a, as a friendly confines listener. (laughs) And of course you can find Mark on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie. You can find Chad and I on social media. I'm at Ryan D Lieber. Chad is at the, chad gordon and of course don't forget about our friendly confines facebook page we always love to hear from you and please make sure to join and become a member and we can interact with you the listener and get to hear from you directly about what you are interested in talking about as we move on to the eighth inning chad yeah moving on to the eighth inning and we talked a little bit about this last week we we listed our our top guests of the podcast in 2020 and and we had to break it up over two weeks i mean if you look back at our stable of of seventh inning uh guest conductors it it is a who's who of 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 the most important people not only connected to the cubs chicago media national broadcasters um you know pulitzer prize winners uh people all over the place and so the question i asked for you last week you said george will Who else were you so excited that we had the chance to connect with and bring onto the show? You know, one person who I just thought was so fascinating and he had such amazing stories is Bob Kendrick, of course, the Mm. president of the Negro Leagues Museum in Kansas City. You know, he has kind of taken the mantle from the late Buck O'Neill, who is sort of the storyteller and historian of the Negro Leagues. 
And Bob has just taken it and run with it. He is such an amazing storyteller, had such great thoughts on Ernie Banks and how he became a part of the Chicago Cubs. I mean, stories that I would have never known, Chad, had we not had Bob on. And he was so eloquent, so kind, and so thoughtful with his time. I mean, we had him on for at least an hour, probably. And of course, you know, we had to cut it down, but... He, he was terrific in every way, shape, or form. I'm looking forward to getting him back on our show again. But for me, Bob Kendrick hit an absolute grand slam when he came on our show. What about you? Oh, yeah. oh and, and I love it. And you're right. We've got to get Bob back on. Our, our intention is, especially with the big news about the, the melding of the two record books. I can't wait to hear his perspective on that. If you remember when we talked to him, he was alluding to some big news coming down. So that's been in the works for a while. Can't wait to hear more about the inside story on that. For me, you know... How often do you get a chance to talk to a Hall of Famer? How often do you get a chance to talk to a legend? How often do you get a chance to talk to a childhood idol? And we got to do that when we connected with um, and, and had Andre Dawson on, on the show. It was such a thrill. Uh, learn some new things. It's, it's always fun when you, you connect. I mean, you can't assume you know everything about everybody, but he, he, he shared stories about that blank contract year, which was eye-opening for us and for our listeners, and, and shed new light on that. And he was such a, a, a gracious uh, a guest, a humble, um, and knowing, again, larger than life, um, uh, the man he is, um, the way you know he answered all of our questions and, and took the time to, to connect with us was, was great. I, I'll just always remember, he's just a very soft-spoken guy. Um, and again, to see somebody who is just this myth- mythological figure of, of my youth and be able to connect with him, that was an absolute thrill. Yep, absolutely was. So let's move on to the ninth inning, Chad. And as we are now entering into 2021, I guess technically a new decade, we are moving into hopefully better things ahead. What is your New Year's resolution for the Cubs as they enter the 2021 season for yourself? You know, it's 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 really my my New Year's wish, right? And and it's that if you think back to what a miserable and 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 unsettling and and just a jarring time it was, the moment they they shut down spring training, um, and the unknowns of when and how and and if they would ever get a chance to play again during this this calendar year. The joy that I think we all felt in normalcy when baseball was able to resume, and we heard, you know, Pat and Ron in our ear, and 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 people got to to watch games on TV. Um, my wish, my my Cubs wish, is is the health and safety of the players in a way, also with the the fans that we actually, you know, my wish is I get to walk into Wrigley Field more than a couple times in a safe way in this upcoming 2021 year. Um, it has been way too long. September of 2019, the last time I was at Wrigley Field in the last home series, um, it's been way too long. It's it's a part of, of 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 what makes my life what it is. I get to, a chance to see games. I know a lot of people and a lot of our listeners feel the same way, but that's my wish, sense of normalcy, and get further and further down the path where um, life just seems a little bit more like it used to be, even though I'm not sure it'll ever get fully back to normal. Um, that's my wish. So I'm going to go the resolution route, Chad, because I am going to try to be more patient when it comes to this team. I think we are going to definitely see this team have some changes, make some moves. It may not be the roster that we expected it to be. And I think that they're just, at least on my end, I would like to be a little more patient, maybe a little less critical 
and try to embrace what we are going to have with this 2021 season and especially this 2021 roster when it comes to the Chicago Cubs. Because I think as we all learned from 2020, just having baseball was so fantastic. And then to have it taken away so quickly after just 60 games, it made me want it that much more. And I'm hoping that as we go into this new year, uh, we're able to enjoy and appreciate every single moment that we have of Major League Baseball and, of course, Cubs baseball, because um, as we saw, it can be taken away at a moment's notice. And I certainly want to make sure that I appreciate that every single time I get to watch them on TV or listen to them on the radio. So with that, that is going to wrap things up on our New Year's edition of the Friendly Confines. Once again, our thanks to Mark Silverman for Chad. I am Ryan. Hey, everybody. We'll see you in the new year. Thanks so much, as always, for listening in 2020 and better things to come in 2021. Have a good one, everyone. Happy New Year's, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed The first time you walk into Wrigley Hey everyone, I'm Chad Gordon. And I'm Ryan Lieber. We're the hosts of the Friendly Confines podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans' perspective with some of the biggest names in sports. Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Yeah, oh my God, I'm happy to do it. Pat Hughes, welcome to the seventh inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dawson. What a smartest thing, Craig. I'm doing fine, thank you. We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. Andre Dawson, and you're listening to Ryan and Chad on the Friendly Confines podcast.